in prayer. Father God, we come to you this morning, Lord. We're so grateful for all that you have for us this morning. We came for utterances, for answers straight from the throne room of heaven. We thank you, Father, for this church, for these people. They're a blessing to us, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that the plan of God comes to pass for this church, for these people, and for this service this morning. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm excited about this morning. Amen. You know, you got to get excited about God and his word if you want it to work for you. I don't know if the word will ever work for someone if they're not excited. You got to get excited about the word. Got to get excited about God. You got to get excited about his house. Too many people are excited about other things. But we got to get excited about God. Amen. Well, I love Jesus. We'll get excited about it. Remember when you first started dating your husband? You would talk on the phone for hours. What did you talk about? Nothing. Everything and anything, right? And because you were excited. You were excited in this new relationship. There were new, new things to discover, new places to go together, new things to do together. Well, that's how it is with Jesus. There's places he wants to take you. He wants to show you new things. Come on. He wants you to have the best. Amen. So get excited about your relationship with the Lord. Amen. If you have your Bible, hold it up. If you have your device, this is my Bible. Come on, wave it at the devil. Make him, mad. Make him nervous. Make him nervous, man. He, he don't like you having your Bible. He don't like you having it. He gets all. Why? Because this is Jesus right here. This is Jesus. Amen. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God. My, my mind is renewed. My heart is receptive. I'll never be the same. Amen. We ought to come with that purpose every time we go to church, every time we go to a service. I'm not leaving the same. You know, it's like when you go to school or your kids go to school. You know, after, after they complete a grade, you don't expect them to be the same, right? Okay, you did learn to read. In kindergarten slash first grade, right? Come on, right? So we'll never be the same. Every time we come to church, we ought to, ought to come with that expectation. I'm not going to leave the same. Amen? Um, I want to start this morning with um, a scripture that came. It was kept stirring in my heart. Actually, this morning, the Lord, just when I was waking up, brought it to my attention. So let's turn to Ephesians 2.10. This is actually the scripture that Pastor Nancy taught on when she was here. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to get into some things this morning that I believe will be a blessing to all of us. Amen. And as we minister, faith is coming. Say, faith is coming. Amen. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2, 10. Say amen when you get there. Praise God. It says, for we are his workmanship. You are God's workmanship. You're his creation. He made you. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Say good works. Good works. Amen. Come on. He created you to do good things. Not bad things. Good things. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Before you were even born, God prepared the way for you. He prepared the way for you. 
He prepared a good life for you. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. We are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus. Come on, born anew. So when you ask Jesus to come into your life, you say, Lord, come into my life. Take my life. Do something with it. When you do that, you're born anew on the inside. And he says, you're recreated in Him that you may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us. And then the Amplified says, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. There is a good life for us to live. If we're not living our life and it's not good, we're not doing something right. So we ought to ask ourselves, am I following my own path? my own plan, or am I taking the path of God that he prepared? And so when Pastor was here, she taught on this scripture, and she used the example of a computer. She said there's the back side of a computer, and there's the front side. Remember that? And she said the back side, that is, you don't know everything all about it. You can't probably figure it all out. And your job is you're just on the front side working the keyboard, right? Remember that? Okay, just remember that. So she said this, though. So she said there are two parts. The back side is God's part, and the front side is our part. And she said the front side, that's us, we need to learn to talk about the back side. She said the front side needs to learn to talk about the back side. Bring what God has done. This is, I'm paraphrasing here. She said bring it to the front side with your faith. So, the backside is God's side. We don't know everything that God has prepared, right? Our job is just to cooperate with Him. And as we take, every time we cooperate with God, every time we obey Him, we're taking a step on the path that He prearranged to live the good life. Every time we decide to do our own thing, ignore God's leading, or, or disobey God, then we take our own a step on our own path. And, and our path is over here, and God's path is over here. Right? Yes. Where's the good life? On God's path. Right? So today we're going to talk about, we're going to minister on the backside of the plan. Amen. Praise God. So open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 16. Amen? The backside of the plan is what God's already done for you. Amen. What he has done for you, what he has done for all of us, it's the plan of redemption. He redeemed you from sickness. He, he, he delivered you from diseases. He delivered you from confusion, from lack. Amen. That's the backside. You, you don't see it. You know it works. You know it works, but you don't see it. Right? But if we want to participate in what he did in the backside, we have to cooperate in the front, on the front side. So we have a part to play, right? So this morning we're going to talk about our authority. Amen. She said this when she was here. The plan of God, it's, he's already built the backside of it. All the wisdom you need, all the authority you need. And that part just stuck out to me. All the authority you need... He's already given you. Amen. So Mark chapter 16, verse 17. This is our part. 
This is the front side of the plan. These signs will follow those who believe. Are you a believer? Have you asked Jesus to come into your heart? Have you asked him to come into your life? Then you're a believer, right? It says these signs will follow those who believe. Amen. It doesn't say these signs will only follow the preachers. These signs will only follow those people that can do miracles. It says these signs will follow those who believe. So that is for all of the believers. Amen. In my name, this is Jesus talking, they will cast out demons or devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. How are these things going to happen? In my name. In whose name? In the name of Jesus. We have a right to use Jesus' name. It says, in my name, they will cast out devils. We have, a, we have to exercise our authority over the devil and all his works. If we don't, he's going to beat us up. He's going to try to take our kids. The Bible says in John 10, 10, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal from you. He wants to steal your relationships. He wants to steal your money. He wants to steal the peace of God in your home. He wants to steal your health. And his plan is to steal, kill, and eventually destroy it. You can see the progression there. comes with the stealing and then the killing and then complete destruction. Right? Complete. De- Let me destroy their marriage. Let me destroy their body. Let me destroy their children. So, you know, the enemy comes. He's a thief. But I don't have to be afraid of him. <clears throat> You don't have to be afraid of him because Jesus said, in my name, you'll cast out devils. In my name. In whose name? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So thank God we have power and authority. And I'm just going to talk about this one part today to cast out the devil. You better kick the devil out of your life. When strife tries to come into your home, when you start feeling the stirring to say something to your husband, he, he just done ticked you off again. If I could just, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. And what are you doing? You st- you're opening up the door. You're starting to stir up the strife. Right? You better kick that out. You better say, I'm not going to go there, devil. I love my spouse. They're a blessing to me. God, you're going to take care of that issue. Now, I'm not saying there's some things. There are things in, in, as a married couple. You do have to have good communication. Right? I'm not telling you sweep everything under the rug. What I'm talking about, though, is little things that try and creep in. It could be, it could be in your body, little things trying to creep in. I, you know, I get a headache every time. and You know, this smoke causing a headache. Well, I'm delivered from it. I don't care if it's smoky out there. I don't care if it's, it smells like I'm standing by a campfire. I told Pastor Marcus, I feel like I'm standing by a campfire. If you have curly hair, it's not good for that. Because everywhere you go, that... smoke just stays in there if you have curly hair you know you can't get rid of it two days later unless you wash your hair it's still it still smells like smoke but I don't care if there's fire out there I don't care if the economy goes up or goes down because I'm taking my authority I'm not going to take symptoms I don't care if there's a new outbreak of whatever 
in, in the name of Jesus, I'm casting the devil out of my house. He's not going to, he can't, he can't find a place in my home. If you get in strife, you give him a place. So close the door. So we have his name and we use his name and exercise our authority in his name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So this is not just for ministers. It's for all believers. Now we know Luke 10, 19 says this. I've given you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing. No smoke will hurt me. No disease will hurt me. Come on. Whatever you think might hurt. I don't, I'm not afraid at night. Nobody's coming into this house doing anything with my home. Come on. Nothing in the economy will hurt my finances. Nothing will hurt me. Why? Because I'm using my authority in the name of Jesus. I'm taking it. Come on. Evil spirits bow. They bow to the name of Jesus. But if you don't use your authority, they could run loose in your home. They could run loose in your life. They can influence your, you know, you know, your family members. I said they could influence your family members. You've been believing God for people to be saved, to come into the kingdom of God. Well, use your authority. Sometimes I think we need to get out of the flesh trying to make things happen and get in the spirit and say, devil, you take your hand, just you by yourself in your room, in your car. Devil, you take your hands off of so-and-so, my family member. I call their minds free. Devil, you take your hands off their minds in Jesus' name. I call them into the kingdom of God. Now laborers, go forth. And bring them the word of salvation. Bring them the word of deliverance. But see, you've got to open up your mouth and take your authority. In the spirit. Take it. Because if you don't, they'll run rampant. Amen. There's a song and it says, Heaven stands at attention when we mention his name. When you use the name of Jesus, all of heaven backs you up. Praise God. And Jesus didn't say in this scripture, we need to have enough faith. Well, I just need to have enough faith to use his name. I don't know if I have the faith. He didn't say have faith. We don't have to struggle for faith to use his name. He just said, in my name. In my name. Cast out the devil. Doesn't the Bible say resist the devil and he will flee? Resist the devil and he will flee? Doesn't say you need to have enough faith to resist the devil. The Bible does not say that. He says, resist him, and he will flee. He has to go. The problems that you're experiencing could be a result of yourself, but it could also be a result of demonic influences. Praise the Lord. Come on. So I don't have to question if I have enough faith to use the name of Jesus. I use the name. You know, here's Pastor Marcus's keys, right? Pray for me, Pastor Marcus, that I have enough faith to, to start your car. Just pray. Okay, will you just, will you just pray that I have enough faith? I just need enough, you know, no, I don't have to, he doesn't have to pray for me. No one has to pray for me. I take this key and I put it in the car and we take off. Right? You've got the key. You've got the name of Jesus. So you just use it. Put the devil on the run. Because he said, in my name, you'll cast out devils. Come on. Praise the Lord. So that's our part. 
We take our authority over the enemy. We take our authority over the devil. We kick them on out. You know, anything bad in your home is from the devil. Amen. Keep those doors closed. Make sure you're watching the right things, listening to the right things. Come on. Make sure you're staying out of strife. Make sure you're walking in love. Make sure you're doing right. I said make sure you're doing right. You're keeping the door close to the enemy. Because you can do the wrong thing, give in to strife, watch the wrong thing on TV. You're opening the door to the devil and the next, you know, or you're messing with witchcraft. You know, tarot cards, crystals. Those things are not of God. People are, are, they're looking for the supernatural and they're going to the wrong things. You don't play with Ouija boards. You don't play with demonic stuff like that. I'm even down to the point, I don't read the horoscope. That's not telling me what what I am and who I am. The Bible tells me who I am. God told me who I am. God tells me what kind of day I'm going to have today. Not the horoscope. Anything else that tries to tell you what kind of day you're going to have and who you are is not of God. Come on. So you've got to keep the door closed to the devil. And you can use your authority to cast him out. I was saying that because you can't look at those things, invite the enemy in, and then you're trying to cast him out, but you've got a door left open for him to come in. Amen. Praise God. So that's, that's our part is to take our authority in my name. He said, cast out devils. Come on. For those who believe, do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus died and rose again? Amen. Then you can use the name of, have you asked Jesus into your heart? Are you a believer? He's Lord of your life. Then you can use his name and cast him out. Come on. Are you confused? Cast out the confusion. Go confusion. I've got the Spirit of God on the inside of me. I know exactly what to do. I hear the voice of my shepherd. I hear the voice of God. A stranger I will not follow. I only follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. I always know what to do. Stop saying you don't know what to do. Start saying I know exactly what to do with my kids. I know exactly what to do with this business. I know exactly what to do with my finances. I know exactly what to do in my relationship. How do I know? Because the Holy Spirit's living inside of me. He's going to show me. He's going to lead me. And I'm going to listen to that small still leading. And I'm going to follow that. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now let's turn to Philippians chapter 2. Amen. So now we're going to look at the back side. Our, Our part, the front side, is to do the word and take our authority and cast the devil out. How can we do that, though? I want you to see what Jesus did for us. The backside, the provision God has already prepared for us so we can use our authority. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. Say amen when you get there. It's talking about Jesus here. Philippians 2, 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Jesus did. He became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has exalted him, Jesus. God's lifted him up, and he's given him the name, which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven, of those on earth, and guess what? 
goes under the earth. What's under the earth? Hell. Hell's under the earth. Let me read that part again to you. That's such a good verse. What verse is that, Brenda? Giving him the name. Verse 10. Given him the name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. What should bow? Every disease should bow. Terminal illness, disabilities, uh, financial lack, strife, confusion, perversion. Anything bad you can think of that has a name, leukemia, autism, Asperger's, delays, cognitive delays. I'm talking anything. Anything you can imagine has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Because those things have a name. Those are all names. And people, when they hear those names can tend to freak out a little. Go to the doctor and they, they say, you have cancer. You have, your child has this. Your spouse has this. Those are names. It's just a name. And it has to bow its knee. Because we have the name of Jesus that is above every name. Amen. Now it says God exalted him. So how did God exalt him? He raised him up above all things, all powers. All might, all dominion, every name. Amen? And he gave him the name that is above every name. Okay, now let's look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. Praise the Lord. So when Jesus died, he went to hell. Well, first he was on the cross, then he died, then his spirit went to hell. He went to hell, defeated the devil. Bible says, made a show of them openly. He stripped them. He stripped them of any ability to harm you. When Jesus went to hell, he stripped the devil of any ability to harm you. But if we don't take our authority, then he can have his way in our house or in our lives or in our relationships or in our bodies. Right? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ. Now listen to this. When he, God, raised him, Jesus, from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named. So when Jesus died and then he rose again, God raised him up and seated him, at his right hand in the heavenly places. He's far above anything that could try and come and harm you. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things. He has put all things. He has put all things under his feet. All things, every sickness, every disease, any kind of, anything that has a name, divorce, it's under his feet. Confusion, it's under his feet. Come on. Depression, it's under the feet of Jesus. Amen. He put all things under his feet. Amen. Now this right hand, when Jesus rose from the dead, he went and sat 
sat in the heavenly places. It's, the Bible says he was seated at the right hand. The right hand always represents authority. It represents blessing in the Bible. Amen. But it represents the, the authority of uh, God. He's seated next to God. Jesus is seated next to God in the heavenly places. So he has, he's sharing. When someone sits down on a throne next to the other person on a throne, they're sharing the authority. You know, you see the king and queen sitting next to each other. What are they doing? They're sharing authority. So Jesus was seated in heavenly places. He's seated next to God. He has that same authority that God has. Amen, right? He's seated at the right hand of God. Hebrews 10, 12, you can just listen, uh, through 13 says, Christ offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins. He sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemy should be made a footstool. So Jesus, he sat down. And the enemy is under his feet, and it's his footstool. You know, when kingdoms would... would uh, go into battle, the loser became the footstool for the winner. So they put their feet up on top of the loser. Have you ever sat down and put your feet up? You were tired, you were resting. Well, Jesus sat down at the right hand of God, sharing that same authority, and then he puts his feet up on top of the enemy. Who's the enemy? On top of the devil. Yeah. See, this is the backside. This is, the, this is the, our redemption. He sat down and made the enemy his footstool, made the devil. devil's under. Why? He's defeated. He defeated him. That's why Jesus sat down. He was done. He did the work. I'm not trying to get victory. I'm not trying to get healing. I'm not trying to get more money. I'm not trying to live under the blessing. I already have it. Jesus already did it 2,000 years ago on the cross. He, he said, I'm done. And then he sat down and put his feet up on top of the enemy who's under his feet. Hallelujah. The devil was defeated by Jesus. It's, we don't have to try and defeat him. It's already done. But he doesn't want you to know that he already lost. So he tries to come to you. He tries to influence you. He tries to tell you things you should do that you shouldn't do. He tries to tell you that you're not healed, but you already are. He tries to tell you don't have enough money, but you already have it. He tries to, why? It's part of your inheritance. He tries to tell you you're going to be broke all the days of your life. You have to say, no, I'm not devil. You're you're already defeated. You already lost. Don't let the loser try and influence you. You're already a winner. Amen. Now, what does that have to do with us? Man, I am so glad you asked. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Amen? There's just one chapter over. You're already in Ephesians 1. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Say amen when you get there. Even when we were dead in trespasses, in other words, before, you know, we didn't know the Lord, right? We didn't know Jesus. But when we came to know him, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So once you become born again, you ask Jesus into your heart. And it says, and Christ raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
Oh, let me just read this to you out of the Amplified. And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere. By virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, he made us sit down together right next to him. We're joint heirs. So here we've got God the Father sitting on the throne. Jesus is at his right hand. Did you know you're seated right next to him? Far above. Where where is Jesus seated? Far above all principality, power. Far above all sickness and disease. Far above all confusion, oppression, depression. Far above all lack. Jesus is seated up there in the heavenly sphere. And Ephesians says, we're seated right next to him. So there's God the Father. There's Jesus. And there I am. There's God the Father. There's Jesus. And there you are. Seated right next to him. Well, didn't we just read that all things are under his feet? Did we not just read that? Okay. Praise the Lord. So now let's look to Hebrews chapter 2. So since we're seated with him in the heavenly places, we are sharing the same authority that he has. The same authority that Jesus has, he's given to you. Because we're seated, we're joint heirs. There's a joint seating. There's, uh, uh, have you ever gone to the bank, you and your spouse, and you opened up a joint checking account? A joint checking account, right? So you do that. What does that mean? That means that you and your spouse can make deposits, withdrawals, only the authorized um, signatures of those two people can make things happen right? You're both authorized users of that account. Well, we just read he's giving us joint seating with him. So we're joint heirs, the Bible says, with him. So we are authorized just as much as Jesus is authorized to cast out devils, to tell the devil to flee. We have that same authority that Jesus has. Let me say that again. You have the exact same authority that Jesus has to cast out devils, to heal the sick, see blind eyes open, deaf ears open, legs grow out, bodies be healed. You have the same authority. You read about Jesus walking through the earth in the New Testament. Everything he did, you can do. Because you have the same authority, right? All things are under his feet. Now, I told you to go to Ephesians. No, I told you to go to Hebrews chapter 2. Amen. So we're joint heirs. We are We both have the same authority as Jesus, that joint seating with him. Amen. We're seated right next to him in the heavenly places. So if Jesus is seated far above all things, where are you seated? You're seated far above all things. Right? So why why are you acting like, like the devil has control over you? Why are you letting him talk to you? He shouldn't be up here. He's down here. There's only one place for him to be. It's under your feet. 
If he ever comes up here, you tell him, get back down where you're supposed to be. You're under my feet. Loser. Call him a loser. You can't call anybody else a loser, but you can call the devil a loser. You're a loser. 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 You lost. You already lost. I don't care if you're trying to put symptoms on my body. I don't care if you're trying to stir up things in my home. I don't care if you're trying to steal my finances. You're a loser. You're under my feet, so don't let him come up here. Because you're seated far above all things with him. Just let it sink in. (laughs) Hebrews 2.6. But one testified in a certain place saying, What is man that you are mindful of him? Now we're talking about man. Or the son of man that you take care of him. You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. Are you ready? You have put all things. You have put all things. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. Under whose feet? Man's feet. He has put all things under your feet. Praise the Lord. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. (laughs) But now we do not yet see all things put under him, but we see Jesus. But we see Jesus. We may not see all the things that are put under under him or under our feet, but we see Jesus. And we know that all things are under his feet. And we know that we're seated next to him in the heavenly places. And we know that all things are under his feet. And because we're seated next to him, they're under our feet. Hallelujah. What does that word subjection mean? It means under the dominion of another. Praise God. You know, when a, when a country comes in and they try and uh, take over another country, and they do and they succeed, they put that country in subjection under theirs. That means they're, they're rule, ruling over them. They have dominion over them. Well, Jesus came in. I said, Jesus came in. And he took out the devil. Just imagine coming and take. Let me just take out your kingdom. Jesus came in and took out the devil's kingdom. It doesn't just say he made a show of, you know, the devil. He made a show of the devil and everything down there in hell. He defeated all of them, every devil, every demon. He made a show of them openly. So he came in and he took dominion. And then he's all, I'm done. Then he went up to heaven and he sat down and he put his feet up because I'm already done. And then he said, hey, you, why don't you receive me into your life? And then once you receive me into your life, you get to sit right here next to me. And then you too can put your feet up. And then you too will have all things put under your feet. Hallelujah. All things under your feet. All things. That's what it says right here. Should we read it again? You've put all things in subjection under his feet. Come on. We may not see all things put under him, but we see Jesus. Why do we see Jesus? Because we're seated right next to him. 
our attention is supposed to be right there on him all the time and not on the things that are under our feet. We don't put our, th- our attention on things that are supposed to be under our feet. You know, are you looking, you know, when I walk, I don't look down a lot. I'm not constantly looking at my feet when I walk. What are you doing? You're looking ahead. You're looking ahead. It's the same thing in the spirit. You're not looking down at the devil under your feet. Yeah, I know he's there. Just like I know the ground is there. I know it's there. Of course it's there. That's where it's supposed to be. There's supposed to be a floor. Of course I know the devil's there. That's where he's supposed to be, under my feet. I just keep on walking right on over him. And I'm looking ahead to where I'm going. I'm not focusing on the devil. I just know he's under my feet. So you're not focusing on any problem, any issue. If the devil tries to pop his ugly head up, you just cast him out in the name of Jesus. But you got to keep him in that one place, under your feet. How do you do that? You open up your mouth. You tell him, devil, I resist you. I resist those wrong thoughts. I resist those symptoms. I, the, the power of God's working. My body's healed in Jesus' name. Devil, you're under my feet. Sickness, you're under my feet. Cancer, you're under my feet. Lack, you're under my feet. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now let's turn to Romans chapter 16. Are you doing all right? Okay. We're getting ready to close here. Praise the Lord. Actually, let's just go straight to Luke chapter 10. Praise the Lord. So Jesus already completed. He completely destroyed Satan's power over you. Do you understand that? Jesus completely destroyed Satan's power over you. On the cross, through his death and resurrection. Amen? So our job is to just enforce our victory. Our job is to keep the devil where he belongs. Keep him under your feet. Now Luke 10, 18 and 19 says, He said to them, this is Jesus talking, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Oh, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That's just how I imagine it. He's done. He has no control over me. He has nothing in me, nothing in my family, no influence, no sickness, no disease, no lack. I've been redeemed from spiritual death. He has nothing in me. Why? Because Jesus said, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Well, he fell when he decided to leave, you know, leave heaven and do his own thing, live his own life. Not follow the good life that God prearranged. Okay, well, we won't go there. But he said, behold, I give you the authority. Jesus said, I give you the authority to trample on serpents, scorpions, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing, say nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing. So we have to take our rightful place. Come on, over every evil spirit, any kind of demonic influence tries to come into our, our lives or any kind of, even just, you know, the devil can influence you just with the wrong thought. You got to, you know, you know, you can be, you can even be in a worry just thinking about something over and over. Like, nope, devil, you know, I, I refuse to worry because he'll bring worried thoughts to you. We don't have to worry. I just put that in God's hand. It's in God's hands. Lord, you're taking care of it. And when the devil comes back, nope, I'm not picking up that care. 
no, devil, because you're under my feet, and God's taking care of it. You've got to keep things in God's hands. You've got to keep the devil under your feet and don't allow him to speak to you. You've got to be like David when he faced Goliath. He ran at that giant. He ran at that giant with his mouth open and said, this day I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to take your head off. And you're going down. You're going down. You've got to, you've got to be aggressive. You've got to be aggressive with the devil when he's trying to do things, when wrong things are trying to flow in your house. Realize, oh, well, that's just, you know, that, you know, my dad was like that. My grandpa was like that. Now I'm like that. You know, that same, you know, you know, we just, you know, they drank, they were an alcoholic. You know, my dad was an alcoholic. And now, you know, I'm an alcoholic. You don't have to be an alcoholic. That's demonic. That's the devil trying to influence you through patterns over the generations. You say, devil, I'm not going to be like that anymore. I'm breaking that pattern in my life. You can break it in the name of Jesus. Come on. You see, we can get so used to a behavior, so used to patterns of living. Well, my mama barely made it. My grandma barely made it. Now I'm barely making it. You know, and we can get to normalizing. Listen to me. Don't normalize behaviors. Don't normalize patterns in your home that ought not to be there. You can get used to it. And then you don't even know what's going on because you get used to those things. But you know what? You can say, "Mm mm-mm. You see, if that's not peace, it's not a God. If you don't have peace in your home, take your peace back. Kick the devil out. Don't allow him to stir things up in your home. Don't allow him to stir things up in your kids, on your kids, in your family, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your heart. He tries to stir things up, ill feelings towards one another. Don't allow him to still uh, to stir ill will towards your spouse. You know, and then you go to work and there's, you know, there's Tommy. Tommy's always looking nice. Tommy's always smiling at you. And, you know, my spouse, he doesn't even smile at me anymore. That's from the devil. That's the devil. Oh, look at there's, I'm trying to think of names. I don't know anybody. Look, there's Jerry on, on so, social media. Oh, my gosh, I used to have such a crush on him in high school. You know, yeah, I'm married, but I think I'm going to talk to him. You know, you know what I mean? Because, you know, these things do happen. No, and Jerry, man, he looks, man, I just, man, he looks good. He still looks, oh my gosh, and he was on the football team, I remember, you know, he, now he's not on the football team anymore, he's doing something else that, you know, you know, the, I'm not going to say anything, I got to stop right there, but you're, you're getting, see, the enemy's throwing out a net for you, you know, well, let's go here, okay, oh, you know, I'm a girl, right, I'm a girl. I hope you know whether you're a girl or a boy, because there's only two, girl or boy. God didn't create anything else. I'm a girl, and I, you know, there's another girl. And I I really, you know, the guys, they just don't have what it takes or whatever. I don't know. I honestly don't know. But the devil lies. You know, and that girl, she really, you know, she's really nice to me, and she asked me. You know, I heard, I was talking to somebody, and their daughter went to a football game, and the girl sat next to her and said, can I hold, to her daughter and said, can I hold your hand? You know how prevalent that is now? No. 
She said, no, you can't. You better resist the devil. You don't want to go down that path. You don't know what's down that path. It's, it's a dark path. But it's becoming more common. So you have to be aware of it as a parent. Kids, you don't want to go down that path. So you be careful who your friends are. Well, you know, I, I'm by. Well, you're off and you're wrong. And there's evil behind that. There's darkness behind that. You better, there's an evil spirit trying to get a hold of you. You better resist that. Say, no, I'm not. I'm a woman and God has the right man for me when it's time. Or you're a man, you can say, I'm a man. God has the right woman for you. These are evil things. These are demonic influences. They are of the devil. Don't normalize them and think it's okay. Because God loves you so much, but the enemy will try and bring things to confuse you. Praise the Lord. I don't care what you see on TV. I don't care if you see 15 guys putting makeup on. Do you hear what I'm saying? I can't believe the commercials. Confusing our children. Well, I will not allow that confusion in my home. Don't you dare allow confusion like that in your home. Now, if I'm not saying we don't love those people. I love them. I pray for them that they be delivered. That's right. Because it's a dark path. That's right. There's no joy there. It's demonic. Praise the Lord. So, going back to we've been seated in the heavenly places. The devil's under our feet. Don't you dare let him pop his ugly head up in your home. I don't care if it's with your kids, in your body, in your relationships, in your mind, because you've been seated with him in heavenly places. So your God-given mission, our God-given mission, is to reinforce the victory that's already ours. Amen. So the enemy may come and try and lord his influence over you. He's going to try and lord his influence over you, over your family. But you don't allow it. You say, not here, devil. You've got to open your mouth. Not here, devil. You're not doing that in my home. You better get feisty. You better get feisty. That's just not my personality, Pastor. I'm just shy. That's not true. I've seen you. I've seen you get all excited about something else. And even if you are, well, stir yourself up in the spirit and take your authority over the devil. Amen. We're not allowing darkness in our homes. We're not allowing darkness to influence our children. It will not. And the church of God has to stand up for what is right. The church of God has to stand up for what is right. I don't care if we were the only ones in Porterville that are teaching that that is wrong. I don't care. We stand up for the word of God. The word, God's word is the last word. And he says that is an abomination. Abomination. So we will stand up for what is right. And you don't, don't you be afraid to stand up for what's right. I'm telling you, it's the truth. We've got to stand up. These are the last days. So we see these things. And I shouldn't say I can't believe it. My mind can't believe it. My spirit goes, this is the last days. These are the last days, and we have to stand up and teach our kids, you stand up for what's right. Now, if you've been sucked in to a relationship that's wrong, God can deliver you. 
He wants to set you free. See, we've got the answer. The church has the answer. It's in the Bible. He'll set you free. The Bible says whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You are free and he'll set you free from those wrong desires. He'll set you free from the wrong desires. He'll set your kids free from those wrong desires. Why? Because he promises to give you a life that's an abundant life, but it comes by following him. It comes by obeying him, by putting him first and saying his word is final authority. His word says the devil's under my feet. His word says I'm seated with Jesus in heavenly places and the devil's under my feet. Come on, that means I have rule over him. You have rule over him. Take your authority. Kick him out. Why? So you can live the best life that God prearranged so that you can live the good life. If we're not living the good life, we're not doing it right. That's right. Amen. I'm going to live the good life. I'm going to live the best life. The Bible says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the best that God has for you, the best of the land, but you got to be willing. You got to be obedient. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We are the church. You are the church. Rise up. Be bold and be strong for God. Amen. Amen. Don't be a weasel, you know, (laughs) back in the corner hiding. Well, I can't say. Why? They're all saying what they believe. Yes. Yes. We should stand up for what's right. That's right. And especially with our children because they're hearing and seeing wrong things and the world is trying to normalize these things that are of the devil that ought to be under our feet. But the devil's trying to magnify them. But we will not allow those things to be magnified in our lives or in our home. That's right. We won't. I will not allow darkness. Only light will be in my home. Amen. The word of God stands. Firm, stands true. That is what I stand on. Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Did you get help this morning? Amen. Amen. Praise God.